0: Hey guys, my name is Jason West, and this is PodClass. Boy, do I have a good episode for you this week. Not going to lie, when the first interview episode aired, I was a little bit nervous. I was like, how am I going to follow this up? But let me tell you, this week's guest, Elaine Bernal, not only met that bar, but in some ways she might have actually exceeded it. Elaine is a chemistry professor at Cal State University Long Beach, I met her a little over a year ago at the Better Together California Summit. She is very smart and has a really interesting life story that we'll get into a little bit in this interview. Uh, Most famously and recently, Elaine made headlines when her Chem 100 class, they discovered high levels of lead in the campus drinking fountains. Ugh. Don't worry, they've actually cleaned it up since then, but we talked a bit about the connections between education and life, education and parenthood, education and social justice, even education and the Black Panther. A lot of connecting education to various things if you hadn't quite picked that up. Anyway, it was a really rich and in-depth discussion, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. One last thing. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the show. I promise it will be the best three calories you'll ever burn. All right, let's get the show started. But first, a quick fake commercial break. This week's episode is brought to you by Protractors. Protractors, Because why not spend a dollar on something you'll never use? Yeah, just wait for it. mom. Um, maybe Yeah. I
1: mean well one thing is one thing I'm disappointed in with Netflix was I thought that Monty Python was gonna come out. Oh. But it came out in the UK Netflix. That's
0: so annoying. There and are so not many things that are on the U.S. Other, one. I know I don't understand how I'm the like, licensing works or it's like I can watch it in France, but I can't right. watch it here. Yeah. I when we were in France we were gonna watch a show sure. on uh Showtime. Yeah. And they were like Sorry, you don't have access to uh, Showtime in this country. <laughs> and I was like, whoops. I was like, but it's just shows. Like, what the hell does it matter? Like, I'm not looking to watch a French show. Yeah. I'm looking to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, this is why I'm not a lawyer. This is why I'm just a teacher. <laughs> Me too. This is, that, prob- this is why we're in education. This is, this is about, why we're in education. It, saying, uh, this is why I'm not a lawyer and why I'm a teacher is going yeah. to be probably what leads me to getting sued one day because <laughs> I won't know.
1: Someone's going to get offended.
0: Someone, someone offended. will get offended. Uh, and you're going to get yelled at in the uh, corner If that's all I get, then I'm, I've lived a very <laughs> solid life. If all I get is someone yelling at me in a corner. I will be set.
1: That should be the goal for every situation.
0: That is definitely, have, somebody,
1: the, have somebody yelling at you.
0: That's yeah. definitely the goal for this podcast is that exactly. if the worst happens is that I get yelled at <laughs> and I don't get in any other trouble, I am fine. <laughs> but speaking of, welcome. Thank you for thank coming. Thank you. I yeah, Thank you for you. having me. Me. Giving up some of your summer. to a chat. Uh, so I uh, want to talk about yourself. Uh, I talked a little bit about you in the intro. Yes. But uh, I want to go a little deeper. Yes. Learn about how you got into education, what your role is. Uh, I know you're really big on social justice. So uh, it's going to seem a little... Uh, it's going to be a little like the actor's studio where it's like... Oh! Let's, let's, let's... take it back to the beginning Little let's tiny let's see, let's Elaine. Do,
1: let's take a deeper dive. Oh,
0: yeah, like little tiny Elaine. <laughs> tell me about her.
1: <laughs> well, it's really, ask about really far
0: back. I, I really wish, by the way, that the uh, audience could see the, you know, the stack of blue note cards, like the James Lipton style <laughs> stack of blue note cards. That would be amazing. But yeah, we don't, alas, yeah. just we, just we, we assume plants. it's here. I don't have
1: any plants. Yeah, you just know, assume
0: back. it's here, everyone. Okay. So yeah, uh, tell us a bit about little Elaine.
1: Lil' Little Lane Little Lane was apparently very just curious about everything. Where'd you grow up? Um, Philippines. So I, I moved from the Philippines to Carson, which is not too far away from here in Long Beach. It's a um, typical
0: journey that most people make.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So moved here when I was <laughs> seven years old.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Did so, you come here speaking English or?
1: Yeah. Um, so in the Philippines school system, um, and then at least from what I remember, um, I learned English and um Tagalog at the same time. Mm. So I so it was it was interesting though um, when I started second grade here they still put me in the ESL program and then they would at some points during you know the school year they would put me with the other kids who were also designated as ESL. I'm like, how do they determine this? Right? Well,
0: was English this first language spoken at home or was it Tagalog?
1: It was actually both. I oh. I, I I'd heard I heard both wow. um, growing up. So it wasn't. So I never. I mean, so yeah. So I guess. Technically, if you think about where I'm from, it's a second language, yeah. but I learned both.
0: So, uh, as a kid, Yeah. when you got here, you think to yourself, Yeah. what did you think in English?
1: Um, it's so interesting, like because even even to this day, I still think in both languages. Wow. Yeah, um, it's weird, and sometimes I'll even dream in one language or the other, so it's just... Yeah, I don't know how that works. When you're thinking about <laughs>
0: when you're thinking bad thoughts about other people, you're know, yeah. like, you think about it in the opposite language that they speak just to yeah, make like, sure that there's no way they can understand it. Yeah, I mean, cause even if some, it's some, just there's your sometimes,
1: thoughts, too, there's, there's some, sometimes too, like there's just some feelings, you know, that I'm like, <laughs> I can't express this in English. Like, I have to, oh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'll have, I used Tagalog because yeah, there's just some sentiments, you know, and then sure, not gonna so get do it. You,
0: do you remember as a kid? Being able to tell the difference between the type of schooling that we have here in the States versus what you had in the Philippines?
1: Um, well, one thing is for sure. I mean, I know we have uniforms here now, Yeah. Um, but certainly in the Philippines, like, you have uniforms throughout. Like, you have uniforms elementary school. Um, there's no middle school. Um, you go from elementary school to high school, and you start college at around 16, and then you also have uniforms when you go to college. High
0: school is just a couple years then?
1: Um, high school is four years. Oh, it is. Yeah, still four. Still, yeah, still four years. So you have, you know, your, um, I think those you know, so K through six, and then you have the four years of high school, and then you'll have, um, college. Wow. Yeah. So, so uniforms certainly were one difference that I noticed. Like you were just, yeah, you had uniforms.
0: Did yeah. people leave the Philippines to go to other countries for university? Because I imagine that would be not just a culture shock, but then a real shock because of the age, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't like, know. Hey, I'm
0: seventeen and everyone is twenty.
1: Right. Yeah. Everyone, um but. I know for my sister, she did not like for my sisters they did most of their schooling in the Philippines. So my oldest sister, even though she I don't know if she finished I think she finished yeah, she finished college, but when she got here at eighteen, she still had to repeat like a like her senior year. I think that's how that worked. Wow. Yeah, She, then, oh, sorry. she then got then go here at to... 17
0: and then she graduated 18. So, I mean, so she, she was a, a college graduate <laughs> and she had to her, her <laughs> senior year of high school yeah. and then apply to colleges again.
1: Exactly. Perfect. Perfect, right.
0: Um, did, did you feel that knowing what you know about both education systems mm-hmm. that um, we are just sort of mired in our tradition in terms of what age you need to be? Or do you think that there is a real uh, lack in the philippines and that's why it's important to redo certain things
1: i, I it's really interesting i mean again for my for myself personally i may only went to the philippines up till first grade so i don't really know as far as rigor or you know i can't really speak to that mm-hmm. um but there's let's see let me let me trying to find the best way to explain this so
0: you can just so say in tagal that's oh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so when i was so when i was in college i, I met you know a few folks that did most of their schooling in the Philippines, and then they did college, you know, here in you know here in the U.S. So I went to UCLA, and it, if anything, um, yeah, there, there, I don't, I can't really speak to the differences, but it wasn't like folks were deficient or something, you know, mm. even though you don't have say middle school, um, and then you 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 graduate college at a very young age, right? So, so it's,
0: it's a little bit like when uh, you know people come over from, let's say, Iran. Right, And they're like, I was a doctor. Yeah. And now I have to take medical school courses all over again because...
1: Yeah, I think it's sort of like, uh, I guess, a recertification or something. Mm -hmm. Or you have to, like, certain policies you have to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your money. It's a goddamn racket.
0: Give me your money. Um, You can either go to school for four years or maybe just give us 80 grand and we'll send you on your way. Because why not? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and unfortunately there were, like, at least in my parents... Um, you know, social circles. There were a lot of folks where they were doctors or they were nurses in the Philippines, but when they got here to the U.S., they couldn't. They they weren't able to necessarily afford, um, you know, all the recertifications and you know mm-hmm. all the you know reschooling. I guess you can call it that. Yeah, I imagine. So so they would work. You know, like say manufacturing jobs or you know mm-hmm. food processing jobs. You know, food prep jobs. Right. Yeah. You know. You know, th- you know, jobs that they weren't necessarily trained for, you know, professionally. Right.
0: It's crazy to think that um, you leave one country for another to pursue a better life. Sure. But because there's no uniform standards for there's, anything. No. For anything. No. You can go from having a respected profession in another country right. to coming here and working minimum wage yeah. uh, career. Basically. Because there's no way to afford what you've already had.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, you, you asked earlier, like, what what was, I think, yeah, yeah, I think you asked this earlier, like, what was my inspiration for going into education? So my mother actually has a Bachelor of Science in elementary education. Oh. And she wasn't able to pursue her career here in the United States because, yeah. I mean, of all the, you know, recertification, whatever it is that you have to do. Right. You know, from my understanding of um, to be able to teach, mm-hmm. you know, here in the United States. So, you know, with that, I felt, you know somewhat obligated to be in education even though initially my my work and my career was going towards the sciences and engineering
0: yeah what'd your dad do
1: oh so my dad uh is a 20-year veteran of the u.s navy and yeah um he was actually he's actually a vietnam vet and um when we moved here in 19 oh but first my dad and my oldest sister moved uh, to Carson in 1987 and then my mom and myself and my uh, my middle sister um, moved in 1988. So my dad used to work at the Long Beach naval base. So this oh. is why you have a lot of Filipinos yeah. who live in Westside Long Beach, you know, in wow. Carson um because of that because of that sure. naval base. So like and, and it's even like in constant That's no longer
0: really a thing
1: yeah so not really a thing but you still have a pretty high concentration of filipinos say mm-hmm. like you know in west side even certain yeah. down the street, certain streets you know here in west side long beach like daisy avenue right so if it, so if people probably listen to them, like yeah i know that street um it'll <laughs> see bright
0: and people you know? anywhere outside of long beach is like I. <laughs> what the
1: this happening?
0: has turned into a really obscure snl sketch oh <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going down daisy street and you turn left <laughs> you know, at the PCA. Mac- magnolia yeah. san francisco avenue
1: right <laughs> yeah so um, yeah, so so my dad worked at the naval base in the commissary.
0: Nice. So yeah. you said to yourself, I have two options: I can go in the military route and follow my dad, or I can go in the education route, follow my mom.
1: Yeah. And you thought,
0: I want to do the more dangerous thing and be a teacher. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. What right.
1: was interesting too, I mean, I got into, I mean, even before education, um, I got into sciences and engineering because as early as middle school. Um, I think my earliest introduction into like, hey, you know, my I'm interested in science and engineering was I did this why I want to be an engineer essay contest and I got second place, and then they gave I remember it was crazy because they gave they gave the awards here at Cal State Long Beach, and I wow. was fourteen and I I even won the door prize I got a boogie board, <laughs> so totally perfect. totally memorable totally yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. and then I think since then. Um, you know, I had the, you know, appropriate mentorship and encouragement from my high school teachers, you know, like my calculus teacher, my chemistry teacher. Like, hey, you know, you, you should really consider going to the math and sciences. Mm. Um, and what's interesting is... Which is, is I,
0: rare because especially, you know, in in that era, you know, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. That was not
1: it wasn't a very a female-dominated yeah um and profession.
0: it wasn't it's not like i mean it's now. not like it is now but, exactly. <laughs> I'm, but like, I'm saying like, like, it's certainly better it now but it, it's true but yeah. it wasn't one of those things where it's like um there's a th- there was no effort there's yeah, no movement it, to yeah bring in more. um
1: it's not like say now so okay so i was in high school you know 95 through 1999 and um there wasn't a lot of things, say, the, the science camp that you see these mm-hmm. days. You know, this nerd culture, nerd night, right. right? You know, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? You know, we have Bill Nye. You know, <laughs> Yeah, was,
0: you don't have supermodels. Going, I'm a nerd. It's I'm like, no, nerd. You're no, Stop. You're Stop. no, you're not. Stop. You're not a nerd. Please, put just put because, that
1: test tube down. Just
0: because you've heard of the Avengers doesn't make you a nerd. Like, don't say, oh, I love comic books. No, you just seen yeah. the Spider-Man movie because you thought the actor was cute. Don't even get me started on <laughs> nerd I'm like, culture. i like, don't get me
1: started on vibranium. Um... <laughs>
0: Yeah. That, that that must like hit you in multiple forms because you've got the nerd culture and the science and you're just like, don't don't even talk to me about vibranium. I'm like,
1: oh, my God, like Black Panther. Right. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like, say, you know, these days where there's all all these like science camps. I mean, you know, say I, I think about and my husband, and I talk about this often where. You know, our boys are exposed to so many things that are STEM-related, you know, where we ask each other, like, where was this when we were growing yeah. up, right? Like, all these science camps and these initiatives, right, to, sure. to yeah. bring STEM awareness. I'm like, what? You yeah. know? <laughs> so it's, it's just— they were just
0: like, play outside. When it gets dark, come back inside. Yeah. Don't die.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that
0: was kind of how I remember childhood <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now there's like all these clubs and cool things.
1: Yeah, all these cool things. And then I... And we had karate class. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if I had piano lessons. I if we pan- got to take that. Yeah. 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 I had um, I had piano lessons for sure. Um,
0: By the way, I never had karate class. I just wanted it. <laughs> I just wanted it so badly. I saw Karate Kid and I was like, I want to take karate. Oh. My mom was like, Okay, good luck with that. I
1: thought kind of I'll still watch that Cobra Kai, you know thing. I've heard that's I heard that's really good. Yeah,
0: maybe that'll be my homework assignment. <laughs> that for should later. be that yeah. should be our homework assignment. Yeah, right.
1: Um, but yeah, it's really interesting to think to think back how is it that I ended up, you know, in science, basically in science education. You know, and really, um, you know, promoting science education and the value of, you know, understanding science for any for anyone, you know, no matter mm-hmm. what field you're in, no matter, you know, what Background you have, like there's a value in understanding science. Um, and I think, you know, growing up, just like, wow, you know, just looking back, right? You know, the mm-hmm. 37 years I've been on this earth, um, you know, I was always very curious and I like to build things, like mm-hmm. to destroy things, <laughs> build them again. Right? Beautiful. Beautiful, right? Um, it's a real American spirit, by the way. I like really... <laughs> to build and destroy things. America. Because um, I remember. Um so McDonald's like, used to have these Happy Meal toys and they were these little cars and you would wind them up.
0: I, I think they still have Happy Wait. Meal toys. <laughs> go on. But
1: not but not but not these cars. Not dude. as
0: good as when not, we were kids. Not as good. That's literally how you know you're getting old when you go, it "Wasn't as good as <laughs> when I was good, a kid?" Right. Yeah. um and but the, it's actually true mcdonald's wasn't as good
1: yeah
0: or um, it's not as good as now as it was when we were kids
1: yeah exactly now That's you have okay. these like kind of these
0: kids will never know they they'll never know, know the joy of a happy meal they like we did. did they
1: will
0: never know so going so these toys yeah they so wound these toys. up
1: yeah so um you know there, there were different models like you know like a like a little you know volkswagen bug looking thing or a truck thing and it was a wind up okay, so, truck, thing. truck thing and then yeah so you wind it up and then go right so i used to i used to take these apart and i would put like, oil in it, I would do, like, I don't like I would practice with different things. Like, you know, I'll try to get some car oil somehow, and then I'll put, like, baby oil, whatever, right? But I used to tinker around with these things, and then, like, put it together, make it, try to make it go as fast as I could. And, then I, and, I, and that was... See, and this I, is
0: why you became a scientist, and I didn't, <laughs> didn't, because when I was a kid, I thought I was doing science, because what I would do is I would take a Dixie cup, uh-huh. and I would put in it toothpaste. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Shampoo. Yeah. Hairspray. Yeah. And then I'd let it sit for days (laughs) because I thought something magical was going to happen. (laughs) See, you should have been a
1: chemist. Why didn't anybody tell you?
0: I had nothing. It was just a (laughs) cup of junk is what I had. This is why I didn't become a scientist because I thought, oh, this is science. I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit in a cup and it's going to be magic.
1: Yeah. But you know what? But you know what? I think what people don't realize as well is like so much of science is like that where 90% of the time you throw shit in the cup and then see what happens (laughs) And then if, you, if something happens, you make a, you know, you, you publish I, a paper. Like, maybe
0: that was the cure for cancer.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, no, I one, will no one will ever know unless a listener
0: goes, "I'm going to yeah. try this," and then just test it out on lab rats and yeah, exactly. Go the
1: process. Yeah, yeah um, but yeah, it's crazy how so much of science is just you know it's a process, and you ha- you gotta be patient and you test it out and you test it again and again and again, and then something happens and you're like, oh, okay, cool, so that's how that works. Yeah, You know, so you could have been a chemist. You could have been... I but mean, that's what
0: teaching is too, right? It, right. It's I'm going to try things. I'm going to again and again. I'm going to have a hypothesis of how it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it did not turn out that way. Let me reflect as to why it that did not turn exactly, out that way. Exactly, right? And then, of course, the real connection with science is just because it worked the first time does not <laughs> it does guarantee not it is not a law. <laughs> it is a theory. <laughs> And it will be, it will continue to be disproven again and again, again and again, because you think I've got it this time. Nope. Nope. No, you did not. <laughs> Some variable that you did not account for exactly has ruined it. Yes. Yeah. So you went, you grew up in Long Beach or Carson. Then you went to university. Yeah. At
1: I went to UCLA.
0: UCLA. Yeah. Right. That's what you said. And from there, you decided not yet to be a teacher, right?
1: Yeah, not yet. I was actually in industry for a couple of years. I used to work for a small engineering firm that would do quality control for um some of the bigger companies like say like um Northrop Grumman, Boeing, um Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, so making sure their parts, you know, were you know, were good. Um you know, they, they did a lot of independent work, you know, for that company and then um, my turning point was when I had uh an interview at Intel headquarters this was in 2005 um I had just had my old my oldest was um eight months old at the time and um and I thought I had arrived you know like you know they fly you they fly you up they wind and dine you 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 interview with like Five of their top engineers, right? You know, to see which department you're fit in, right?
0: Yeah, they, they they show you their best self. They
1: sell you, and in.
0: then they work you like a dog.
1: Yeah, you know, and then and then like they pay, yeah. And I remember going out to this really fancy restaurant in Beaverton, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa.
0: Well, really fancy restaurant really in Beaverton. Fancy restaurant. Yeah.
1: I had the salmon salad. That should um, be the name of this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a fancy salad in Beaverton. Exactly. Perfect.
1: Perfect, right? And then, but there was a moment where I had seen um, a colleague that um, we weren't, um, we weren't classmates um, in my materials engineering grad program, but he was like working in a, you know like a, another lab, and. You know, I saw him I'm like, "Hey, how are you?" And then I just remember like the energy with him, and then the folks around him was just gone. And I was like, and the, I, "The light from his eyes was like, no longer there." I was like, <laughs> "I can't be here." And then, and I think, and then this was, this was lunchtime too. Um, because there's a component in the in the interview, you know, weekend. you're basically there for a whole weekend, um, where you have lunch at the you know the the lunch area like over in the headquarters. So, and I was like, I can't, like, I don't fit, I don't fit here. And I think my one of my best friends said it best, where she was like, it's because the chemicals don't talk back to you, and mm. you, yeah, and you need <laughs> you need, you need that interaction. Exactly, sure. you need that interaction, and then so you need
0: interaction. I need not I need, reaction. Yeah. <laughs> was perfect I will be here all day
1: okay. <laughs> but'm um yeah and then I remember after that after that weekend I was talking to my husband and I was like I I we gotta figure something else out yeah and then meanwhile out. he's
0: like at home going just like looking at fancy cars he's just kept making no. all these promises no, actually, to himself no,
1: actually, actually we, bought, we um we we spent a little bit extra money we actually all all of us flew up there all three of us at that time um and he's like you know, i'm
0: gonna be a kept husband i'm gonna get paid <laughs> no. and then you're like i want to be a teacher and she's like, oh, no. No.
1: actually both of us both of us have, have science backgrounds too um both of us have material science background, so we 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 know that all day um yeah we actually got to you know spend some <laughs> Your time
0: is just putting stuff in dixie cups that's <laughs> that's all you did
1: yeah um and uh we got to see some of his family um his grandfather i think is still up there um so yeah it was, we, made, we made you know you know a good sure. weekend out of it but yeah after that after that trip it was like okay i i can't i can't do this and then literally two months to the day after i had that interview. I found the teaching position here at Long Beach. So they needed somebody to teach, you know, like one of the Chem 101 courses. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I started with just one or two classes. And then Mm -hmm. that just evolved to, at some point, five or six classes. And then now um, I'm running the internship program for the math and science students, as well as teaching, and basically like teaching um, Chem 100, which is the chemistry for the non science students, which I absolutely love because you're, because I feel like part of, I'm responsible for, you know, bringing awareness to folks that may not have that science background and then really showing them the value of like, hey, you know, this is why it's important to know in, you know, science, basically. Yeah.
0: So, you know, there's the the myth, okay. the terrible, terrible. phrase, that okay. those who can't teach. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, so help dispel that myth. Right. In in what ways did you feel that your industry experience has altered your the way you teach?
1: Um, yeah, I really want to flip that myth on top of his head and and really say that those who can teach, um, instead of those who can't teach, because it's been really valuable to bring that experience that I've had, um, not just in industry, but just throughout all my schooling and share that with my students because I don't, I don't I don't exactly have a linear, well at least I don't I don't see myself having this linear career path, right. And I think a lot of students, Coming into university, think that they're gonna have this linear career path. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, oh, if I study this, and I, you know, I get good grades. You know, like I'll, you know, I'll get a good job, right? And that's it, right? I'll get my degree. I'll go to med school, whatever, right? Everyone's right. going to med school, but it's never, it's never linear. It's not. It's like it's like it's, shoots and ladders more than anything, right? It's like shoots right? and ladders, right? Suddenly
0: or, you're like, wow, I just climbed three levels, and oh, oh no, no, no I'm way down here.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's I like. Feel you.
1: I feel like a lot of times, too, it's like those, and again, totally dating myself, you know, like, just choose your own adventure books. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Except
0: in real life, you can't go, oh, I made the wrong decision. Let me just go back and pretend it didn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> which is what I always did. Let me go back to this page right here. I hated getting to that page where it was like, right. oh, and now you're trapped at the bottom of the ocean.
1: And you have died.
0: And you have died. And I'm like, No. You I have, didn't mean to do that.
1: You have dysentery. You have died. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> Oregon Trail. Love to hate. Love to hate that game.
1: Um, yeah, gosh. Uh, so,
0: I was, gonna, I was z- gonna
1: think about I was thinking about that Carmen San Diego after that, but let, oh. me, finish. <laughs> let me finish. This it. podcast is just gonna turn <laughs> in <the nostalgia laughs> into a nostalgia podcast. Those who can't, those who can teach. Um my materials science engineering background has been really useful especially in teaching because i'm able to pull from various disciplines and yeah. bring it into my teaching so in materials engineering um yeah ha- it's basically you have to learn chemistry physics and math and gosh and you somehow like lump that into a ball and then that's that's basically materials engineering because you have to know all those principles you know to know how materials work i mean it's one of the more fundamental Uh, you know shameless plug for you know materials engineering um it's one of the more (laughs) you know you know integrative and cross-disciplinary of all the engineering disciplines because like say for example the civil engineers they build the roads they build the buildings and the electrical engineering folks they you know build the circuits and infrastructure whatever right and structural engineer you know i can go on but the materials engineer folks they're the ones that hey have to figure out here's the stuff that you need yeah. to build that thing you need to build. Right. Right. You know, like the ceramic tiles and the rocket ships, right? You know, that's materials engineering right there. Somebody sure. had to figure out how big you have to make those tiles underneath the rocket ship and underneath the shuttle and then what kind of material it is and then how to structure that material and how to make that what, material. What
0: color grout to use so that it looks pretty Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: right? So it looks pretty slick, you know, upon reentry. <laughs> um yeah, so so certainly, you know, materials engineering, I've been able to um, be able to have conversations with colleagues in different disciplines and be able to at least, at the very least, relate to their research. And then when I, so when I talk to students, you know, for, about internships, right, and they don't know what to do and they're figuring it out, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, um, I, I can use that materials engineering background and speak mm-hmm. to them in whatever science discipline you know that they're interested in sure
0: do you feel that people do you feel that teachers need some form of industry experience in order to be an effective teacher
1: i think to some extent yeah i mean like i've i've heard conversations about you know like what's called faculty externships i don't know how much that's um happening say in you know k through 12 but i think in higher education that's happening so faculty externships where um teachers can work um, for some time in industry yeah. and then so just to get a sense of what's happening and yeah, also- it would be
0: really great I mean we have all this time in the summer right it'd be really great if um, just to sort of further our understanding in our own education right if we were given you know, paid internships or externships uh, within you know our given field or our content area or something that is somewhat related to it because then again you learn from that you grow you come back and you say oh I have this experience I could tell you about
1: yeah exactly Uh, it's going to
0: change the way that I teach because now I see what they are doing is so you know as the kids say I'm over here in 2018 but they're living in 3016." (laughs) you know like it's like what every meme is these days but you know it's that idea of just like oh I see what they're looking for in the future yeah but I'm still teaching it this way I need to adjust yeah that would be great
1: and then overall
0: hashtag goals
1: goals right um hashtag teaching higher ed um (laughs) so and I think there needs to be a like a better conversation or even just a conversation between teachers whether you're k-12 or in higher ed there needs to be a conversation between teachers and folks in industry if anything like you know and because what I've learned in the 12 years that I've been in higher education is that people don't talk to each other. Even in the same campus, people don't talk to each other. Well, that's sort and of what the
0: pathway system is sort of, I, th- I think, is attempting to, to do is to create a bridge between schools and industry.
1: Right, right. right.
0: Now, whether or not it's going to be an effective uh, strategy yeah. is, is, is yet to be seen because it hasn't been modeled out. For long enough, but right, a lot of schools are adopting it.
1: Yeah, and it's great, and it's a great program as far as you know, um, having concentrated efforts in certain disciplines. But also, one thing that I'd like to advocate for is a more holistic education, where you got to give students that latitude as well. Like, for example, um, with my oldest son, yeah, he's super good at math and science. You know, like just, I mean hasn't really had a problem how loves he, it how could he not be <laughs> right? you know my mom and dad are scientists right um so yeah we, we do science all the time at home right um but what i was going to say is that you know it's it's why it's valuable to have these concentrated focus efforts on these certain disciplines you got to give students a holistic education and when I was saying that with my son, not only is he, you know, really interested and doing well in math and science, but he's also, you know, in music. So he's mm-hmm. in chorus and he's in orchestra and he's he's right. jazz band and he loves it. And then, you know, it's been really cool to have conversations with him recently where, you know, he wants to be able to figure out ways where he can do all of it throughout his schooling yeah. and throughout his career. You know, music I'm like, theory. Yeah, <laughs> I like music. Yeah, right. And he's 13. And so it's wonderful to have these, you know, conversations with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to make a pretty hard turn in the conversation. Uh, I know you are very big into social justice. Yes. And you are very involved in various programs and community events. In what way does, or in what way has your teaching sort of influenced this side of you? Or has this side of you influenced your teaching?
1: it's weird. I think, I think it, I think it really goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, when my family left the Philippines, it was, it was not long after martial law had ended. Mm. So even I think at a very early age, being exposed to like the political and, you know, um, you know, economic, you know, social issues in the Philippines, again, at a, from a very young age, I think that's always kind of shaped the way I see the world, where you look at it from, um, you know, what problems are there, you know, what injustices are there, what um, inequities are there, right? You know, and pretty much anything. And I what, imagine
0: somebody coming from a, um, for lack of a better phrase, a uh, struggling uh, economy or right. a struggling country yeah, uh, and coming to America and thinking right. this is the place but it's, I mean, just being real, you know, yeah. coming to Reagan's America.
1: Yeah, it was. It's, yeah, that's right. It's like it's Reagan, it was Reagan's America, a, and, right? <laughs> and I can only imagine,
0: like, that sort of, that dichotomy of being like, I'm in the promised land, but also law and order is the, the rule of the day. And, and we're going to have all these, like, blanket statements about groups of people.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, um... I mean, if anything, teaching, you know, let me say this, you know, teaching has certainly helped me refine um, my views and my philosophies when it comes to social justice. Mm. Because often too, a lot of folks, you know, kind of, you know, they look at me like, "Oh, you're a chemistry teacher, you know, yeah. but why are you interested in social justice Stick issues?" to science, Stick to science, right? What are you doing? Um, but the two are actually very related. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at this, the history of chemistry, a lot, of, especially organic chemistry. Organic chemistry was very rooted in World War II, you know, and even the Holocaust, you know, like gas chambers, right? right. You know, so so chemistry has a very um, violent and, for lack of better words, dirty history, yeah. you know? And then I think, what needs, I think what needs to happen, too, is that folks need to know this his, that history as well, you know, as they're promoting, right. you know, STEM to students, you know, go into STEM, go into STEM. But, but you also got to promote this sense of advocacy and social mm-hmm. justice and social responsibility when it comes to the sciences. You know, you have um, multinational companies like, say, Chevron, Um, You know, that are in countries like South America or, you know, mining companies, you know, that are in the Philippines, um, basically kicking out indigenous folks, you know, forcing indigenous folks out of their lands that they've been in, you know, and um, just for nickel, just for, you know, copper, like metals that are used in our cell phones, in our computers, right? So mm-hmm. really, you know, um, getting folks to think about in these, you know, as wonderful as STEM is, right, as wonderful as innovation is, yeah. there is an impact that it has historically and you know, with yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. No, that's
0: really interesting. I never I never quite thought of it in that way. The, the idea <laughs> that, no, I mean, I think it's kind of amazing. You can sit here and say, uh you know, we, we can't talk about the freedom of our country without acknowledging the blemishes yeah. Uh, on our history.
1: Yeah, and exactly. We and can't,
0: we can't just say, oh, but that was in the past. It's like, no, no, but that's something no. that, you know, was not that long ago. It, yeah, exactly. And we have to sort of acknowledge the role that we played in this history and the same thing with, like, you know, just any subject, like chemistry, like you were saying. Chemistry has all these wonderful components. Some of the things that are uh, darker about it are maybe more insidious now than it was then. But, I mean, you can't, you have to acknowledge things like Zyklon B and, you know, the atomic bomb and all these, you, you have yeah, to acknowledge that. exactly. You know, it's a, it's a really interesting point that you bring up that, you know, the more you know about a subject, the more you can't sort of ignore yeah the facts about it
1: yeah exactly um another thing that just that came to mind right well this podcast can go on forever um yeah and it will sorry exactly, it it's, will right sorry folks um I hope you're enjoying
0: your long <laughs> commute this is going you better be on the 405 five more hours
1: better yeah. be on the 405 and the 101 um so like everyone
0: who's not in california <laughs> listening to this is gonna <laughs> be like can they just stop talking about their streets
1: and <laughs> their damn freeways oh my god um is uh, one thing we don't really talk about is water. I mean, you know, we still have an issue. We still have a major issue in Flint, uh, Michigan, where you know people don't have access to clean water. But um, you know, and it's and it and it's happening here in California. You have- I say I'm
0: really gra- glad you brought that up because you made a bit of a splash. Yes. Uh, at Cal State Long Beach. Yes. Because I don't know if it was inspired. By what was happening with Flint, or if it just sort of like burrowed deep into your brain? Hey, we need to check the quality of water. Yeah. Uh, on our on, at our water fountains on our campus. Right. And uh, tell everyone what, what exactly happened with that.
1: Um. So, uh, my Chem 100 class did a water test on the campus water. So we basically use um, one of those uh, home testing kits, and um, the kit that I that my students and I use. Um it's it's not one of those that where you can buy it from, let's say, Home Depot or something. It's where you have to mail still mail it in. Um you can do this the test right at home or wherever you are, right? And right. It, and it's very easy to use. It's these strips and you can check for pH, lead, bacteria, right? And what your
0: genetic history is. <laughs> no, no, that's 23.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not no, we didn't do any saliva samples. Um <laughs> So we tested 10 different sites on campus, and then um, one of the drinking fountains in the older buildings here on campus tested positive for lead. And yeah, and it was great, and it was great that my students, and you know, particularly, the, this is Chem 100, so these are the non-science students who sure. think that chemistry- I have to take this. It was just, I have to take this, oh my God, chemistry so hard. Right? But I mean, it was just such a, I mean, I was just so happy for my mm-hmm. students. Um, that they were able to to do this and and really see what the impact is of you know say chemistry right and the community and having that scientific knowledge and having the you know that scientific access basically because a lot of times folks i think what happens to is folks don't feel free to ask questions about Mm -hmm. um public health and um you know community health uh, because they don't have, because they, they feel that they don't have, just because they don't have the science background. But right. the thing is, my belief is that, and and one thing that I always try to communicate with my students is, science is for everyone, and you, you know, and like the, it doesn't
0: care what you believe, it's still gonna be there.
1: Exactly, right. you know, the lead will still be there, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, and then uh, the result of that that. Um, event was that we were so the campus is now replaced, or I think, still in the process of replacing all the drinking fountains into those, you know, filtered wow. hydration stations. It's um, amazing. And, yeah. those,
0: and those kids can say, I was part of that. Did any of them make any connections to the Flint water crisis?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, Flint water crisis. Um, I also made sure to share resources with them about what's happening, you know, it's just even in our state, local area. Um, you know, as far as what's happening with water quality, and that's mm-hmm. always an issue to to look out for, um, especially as you have companies that are more and more privatized. You know, privatization, private I guess, privatizing, right? Um, Easy for you to say, <laughs> right? Uh, water resources, right? You have, mm-hmm. you know, you have beer companies, you have companies, say like Nestle, right? Um, not sure what Kirkland is doing, um, you know, <laughs> as far as as far as you know, privatizing water. You know, and the thing is, it's it's water. Like, why should you make money off of resources that yeah. everybody should have access to?
0: By the way, uh, Kirkland is doing great things, and that's why I'm ah. hoping to get a sponsorship <laughs> out of them. Hold on. Let me take a nice, cool <laughs> sip of my Kirkland water here. Hold on.
1: Right.
0: Oh, yes. Kirkland water.
1: Kirkland water.
0: Or literally any other company if you want to sponsor it. I'll take it. I'm, I have no shame. Um, okay so where do you see your career going what what is because I I I know a bit about you and I know you like to sort of push yourself and your students where what is the direction you want to go or you want to take education
1: um so I used to think as far as my career goes I used to think in terms of oh you know what next you know what's my next gig what's my next position or something like that right you know what's the next job or whatever but <laughs> you know, like but now I'm thinking you know what impact do I want to have on my community and I think that's where my focuses are focus is in where like how with what I've done right with what my students have done you know mm-hmm. how can we take this you know into the community how can we take this you know at the local level right? Um, it was really cool. Soon after the, the the news about the lead in the water came out, other schools started testing their yeah. water. I was like, oh my god, it's a thing. So so really taking <laughs> we're all the- gonna die <laughs> from lead poisoning. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Oh, wow. Um, and and then really, you know, um, empowering folks. You know, to do the same thing, right? You know, like, what kind of impact do I want in my community as far as science education and, you know, really, just, you know, being citizen scientists, right, yeah. and learning about the world around them. Because if anything, science is a way to look at things. I mean, that's literally what it is. Like, you're studying a certain aspect of yeah. science, you know, if it's chemistry, whether it's physics or whatever. Like, here's a way for me to look at the world. Yeah.
0: That's nice. <laughs> I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh You want to play some games? Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. So our first game. Mm -hmm. I keep doing this, though. It's not really a game. It's more like a segment. It's
1: a a segment. I know. But game sounds so fun. It's an educational activity. Yeah, a game sounds so fun. But uh,
0: uh, our first activity is Teach Me Podcast Guest. Okay. So uh, this is where I invite the guests to uh, teach me and the audience anything it could be how to tie a special kind of knot Uh how to and maybe you'll appreciate this as a scientist identify a female gecko (laughs) whatever whatever it literally can be anything uh what do you got for us today
1: So, one thing that came to mind is that is how I teach about the vibrational modes of carbon dioxide.
0: Vibranium. Vibranium. (laughs) Wakanda forever. (laughs) Wakanda
1: forever. Um, So, the reason why I teach about the vibrational modes of CO2 or carbon dioxide is um, so we. it gets talked a lot about in media, you know, like reduce your carbon emissions, right? You know, carbon see,
0: footprint, exactly
1: carbon footprint, right? right? Global warming, right? Um, and the reason why CO two is important to pay attention to is because it absorbs a lot of heat. And but I think what happens, I think what's happening too is that we don't really talk about why we just kind mm. of you know assume that it absorbs a lot of heat. And here's why. You
0: just hear ozone layer. Like,
1: oh, okay, <laughs> that's all we know. That's all we know, right? Yeah. Um, so CO two um, and any molecule actually has um, certain vibrational modes. Um, And um, what what happens, too, in chemistry uh, chemistry is that um, I think when it's taught, it ends up being very static, but molecules are very dynamic things, just like people. Um, so with CO2, it has all these vibrational modes, meaning the ways it can move. And actually, By the way,
0: my phone also has multiple vibration modes, so <laughs> I'm, I'm following you already. I'm awesome, like, I'm, with awesome. It. I'm like, yep, Actually actually,
1: it. actually, it's actually coupled with rotational modes, too, you know, if you want to get into like quantum mechanics, but I digress. Um, oh, I think I need to lie down for that. <laughs> so with CO2, um, those vibrational modes, particularly the asymmetrical or uneven vibrational modes is what allows for it to absorb so much heat. Um, because it has more of vi- my understanding is that it has more vibrational modes and probably other molecules compared to it. So, so I, so I dance. So my students and I dance. So one vibrational mode that CO2 has is that, is that it goes side to side, So I could take my arms. Right? Yeah. And I move moving from side to side.
0: You're doing like that little. <laughs> what is um, that? Oh God, what's her name? Where she did her chacha? little. Yeah, her <laughs> cha cha with her shaking. Well, shaking her cha cha. <laughs>
1: shaking her cha. Yeah. So then that's one. That's one vibrational. Okay. Right. Um. And then the other vibrational move comes. So it's kind of like a diagonal cha cha where you know you're kind of doing like. This. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. You know, <laughs> put in a little more flair to that.
0: Yeah. It's like it's like imagine the letter X. <laughs> <laughs> but where two like one whole line is just going nuts, right? I don't okay. know.
1: I don't know. I feel like I've seen that dance in Ace Ventura or something. I don't know. Some some movie. It's very
0: it's a very Jim Carrey move. It's, is it a very, yeah, Jim, yeah, yeah. Carrey it's very okay. Jim Carrey move? Okay. And
1: then also, um, one more I think so one more vibrational mode is like kinda like a a like a rotating, like, like arm
0: circles, like when you're in, like when you're in PE in uh, <laughs> elementary school, and they're like, okay, let's warm up. Little circle, medium circle, <laughs> big circles. Big circle.
1: I mean, it doesn't do it that much, but it is. It is also another vibrational mode, and then, so I, I incorporate da- a lot of dancing when I talk about, you know, molecules and how they move in chemistry.
0: It's it's interesting dancing. Okay, so, I also have a fun science fact to share. Okay, uh, the peanut is neither a pea nor a nut. <laughs> So we're basically scientists, both of us. Yes. Uh, I I learned a lot. My brain hurts. I need to lie <laughs> down. But now, whenever I hear about global warming, I will just think about doing a little cha-cha dance. Do a little
1: cha-cha dance. Right? Shaking the cha-chas. Yes. We're absorbing IR. We're and I absorbing will IR.
0: Feel a little less sad about the yeah. Earth dying. Yeah. Because I'll little. be like, oh, but it's like kind of dancing. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. That was great. <laughs> All right, so uh, in our next segment. Yes. Because, again, I'm working on not calling it a game, but a game is something. <laughs> I say game, and I go, oh, I want to play that game. It's going to be called Parent Teacher Conference. Uh-huh. Never play this with anyone. Nope. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you, you're not just in education. You're a parent. Yes, I am. You have two children. Yes. One's in middle school. Mm-hmm. One is in elementary school. Mm-hmm. The school year has fairly recently ended. Yes. I am a teacher. Mm-hmm. I have a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. I have no experience as mm-hmm. a parent in education. Parent-teacher conference is all about a parent and a teacher coming together to conference yeah. about one thing. I would like us to talk about our experiences yeah. with the opposite side of the table. Sure. So I'll let you go first. Please tell us, what is something that you have dealt with as a parent with teachers that makes you just go, ah. Oh.
1: There's so much work. Like... <laughs> i don't i'm trying to remember you know elementary school and middle school there's so much work i'm like how is there so much work you know and then uh, and oh my gosh like all these worksheets and then all these projects you know that this that my son has had to do um and and it was so, and it it's just, just so frustrating to see him just fatigued from all these you know from all these projects so Um, And some of them he just, like, straight up just didn't want to do I'm like, I don't want to do this small. I'm like, oh, my God. Um,
0: He's like, how am I going to fit this into my Fortnite playing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, he doesn't play Fortnite. He plays Call of Duty.
0: Uh, Um,
1: I think he plays a little bit of Overwatch, too. I forget. But anyway...
0: Um, I, I'm so old that I thought I was cool because I said.
1: Uh, <laughs> you said Fortnite. Because I said the, Fortnite. The little one, the eight-year-old. Plays everything Fortnite. you said
0: was just another language to me. You might have been speaking Tagalog. I, might, you might be <laughs> messing with me. I don't know.
1: Right, um, and it's been frustrating too, you know, because oh, so with okay, so with my oldest again, he's you know he's 13 years old, and um, he's done he's done really well in math, science, and Spanish, and all these other subjects, but. Um, he's really struggled with medieval world history and um, English language arts. Hmm. And one thing that I talked to him about, too, was that, you know, his level of engagement. He just, he's just straight up not interested. Yeah. You know, and...
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Um, I asked him... I, I tried to dig as deep as possible with that. Yeah, you don't want
0: I, to get I, too deep into the psyche of a teenage boy. <laughs> exactly. Because that's just going to horrify <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> because... And, and then... You know yeah because no i can't I,
0: unsee that no
1: yeah because like if I, i'm lucky if he says yeah i had you know like the day was good or something i'll ask him how are you good What was good about today stuff i mean like if i'm lucky if i get that oh. right but it was interesting that at 13 years old he said that the english language arts and the medieval history classes that he was taking he just didn't see it as practical and i'm like this is coming from my 13 year old and i'm like
0: yeah.
1: i know i haven't said that message to yeah. him my husband hasn't said that message to him. So I'm wondering, like, where is he getting that from? Where, um, you know, he, at 13 years from old. Some of the people he
0: plays Call of Duty with.
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. <laughs> Just in I'm his like, earbuds. I'm like, I'm like, what kind of conversations are you having with Call of Duty, you know, friends, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and for him to articulate that Spanish and math and science are more practical mm. than the other subjects that he's learning. And for me, being, you know, at 13 years old, I always, I've always i always remembered that I always wanted to do as well as I could in anything, right? All my subjects, right? No matter, like, my level of interest, whatever. But I can certainly see where he's coming from. Like, I get it, right? And
0: um, And do you think his, what he defines as a lack of practicality leads to his fatigue with all the assignments? Or do you oh, think yeah. those two things are mutually exclusive? Oh, yeah, exclusive? I think for
1: sure, for sure. Because, I mean, at, at some point, you know, By the end of the year, I mean, as of, like, two weeks ago, there were, like, some big assignments that he missed. I'm like, Mm. whoa, we missed this one. I think as a parent, I was not prepared for, like, the amount of work that, you know, my son was going to bring home or has to do, like, I'm not, I mean, I question how pedagogically sound that is. Mm. I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah,
0: I've always said this thing about giving homework where, uh, you know, I have this debate with a lot of colleagues where I say, I'm all about you giving homework yeah if you can tell me what are you assessing through homework
1: yeah
0: what standard I should say are you assessing through homework sure. that you didn't already assess in the class because yeah. if you're just reassessing the same standard sure you're doing a couple of things when you're giving yourself more work yeah as a teacher but you're also putting kids in a position where if they didn't get it in the class they're not just gonna magically magically figure it out at home right and then of course you're putting kids who are in a position who can't, you know, they don't have a space to do work at home, then you're putting them in a position where if you're going to grade it, sure. then now they're really in a, in a tight spot. Sure. Um, so I feel you. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. my turn as mm-hmm. a teacher. Yes. <sighs> Parents.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I
0: mean, they complain about worksheets. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I have... You'll have parents that come to teacher conferences. Yeah. And just, I mean, first of all, okay, I'm gonna be fair to these parents. The fact that you're showing up to the parent conferences, right, already makes you not the worst parent in the world, right. But when you get there, you're not there to fight us, right. We're ju- we just want to help. We sure. want we want your kid to do well. Yeah. Uh, I I once had a meeting. It was a couple years ago. I was teaching middle school, and I had. A student who just wasn't achieving in any of his classes, right. uh, wasn't um, being very respectful, was clearly going through some stuff. Sure. And so as a team, as a seventh grade team, we brought the parent in to be like, look, you know, these are the positive traits that this kid has, mm-hmm. but here are the things that we're struggling with. And every single thing that we brought up, mm-hmm. this parent had an answer for. Oh, right?
1: interesting. Okay. And it
0: was just like, this isn't something for you or I to win. We're here to work together because the kid right. is what we, we want the kid to succeed. And I just, I will never forget for the rest of my life, uh, you know, I, I told this parent, I said, you know, I have, a, I have a class of 34 kids. Yeah. And his class is particularly challenging because I have a lot of special needs students in sure. this class. And so... Uh, I can't be on top of him
1: mm-hmm.
0: n- the way I need to be because then it you know I, I don't get to pay attention to the other kids that need the assistance when he right. clearly knows how to do it he just isn't doing it and for example the other day you know he's in class and he's drawing a picture and I must have walked over to him like five times like yeah I need you to stop drawing the picture and eventually he ended up having a bigger consequence but he was drawing for like twenty minutes. Oh,
1: okay. And
0: he wasn't doing any of his work. And Whoa. this has to do with why he's not doing well in my class. Right. And the parent goes, Well, what was he drawing? I was like, I, I don't know. But does that doesn't matter. <laughs> like he was drawing apples with laser beams coming out of its <laughs> eyes. Like, I don't know. Like, Oh, now we can really have a conversation about how yeah. this kid isn't doing work. Cause, cause we talked about that. exactly what he Like, I don't freaking know what he was drawing. Like the fact the, the fact that he was drawing is the problem, not the fact that uh, w- the content of what he was drawing. Right. Um. But again, it was just like the parent came in with, you know, locked and loaded uh-huh. armor on ready to just like, sure. It's them against me and my kid. And it's like, No, if we're calling you in, Uh yeah, your kid hasn't been doing the right thing. And we've been trying. And so now we want to work with you. We're not just sitting here to put you in the hot seat to tell you you're a bad parent. Right. And if a parent feels that way, well, then teachers have not done a good job of communicating their needs. But, man, I just like parents. Just come to the parent conference willing to work with us because that's why we're calling you in not to, to you know to to shame you
1: yeah um I don't remember the last time I had I mean I've gone to the open houses but for the I mean I know for elementary school like you do the parent teacher conference no matter what I think I forget but I know like I think at some at some point it was just like oh you only do the parent teacher conference if like there needs to be some sort of intervention. I don't right, and that's that, the other that hard part. Thing? Yeah, is no, that, that's the okay. other. That's
0: the other part is that you you are, you rarely have interactions with parents just to tell them how good their kid is, and so unless you're, you know, one of those teachers like I call homes all the time to be like, just want to let you know your kid did a great job, but, man, I will. Sometimes I will leave a message because yeah. I can't get through to anyone, right. and they just hear "Hi, this is Jason calling from school," yeah. and and they they don't hear the rest of it, and they just yell at their kid. And they, I go, oh, "Did you get the message I left?" And the kid's like, "Yeah, I got in trouble." I was like, what did you get in trouble for?" Oh, that's they so just cra- got mad because see, you called. I, I, I was wish, like, "Did they not listen to the message?" See, parents, I wish, I'm yeah, telling you, they're see, so defensive.
1: See, I wish I had. I mean, like, I know, I know my child is doing well in his classes but yeah i just kind of wish i heard that from the teachers too you know because i I get that you know we're all we're all very busy but i think if it wasn't maybe for some email or something that like i had a question about you know like oh like what about this homework or whatever like oh yeah you know i wouldn't have gotten this certain feedback about um my 13 year old saying um from his medieval history teacher like yeah he's um, you know he's a very he's a very methodical and thoughtful worker, and I'm like okay cool because yeah he's. Um, I'm glad I, you I, see that too. I'm, I'm 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 glad to get that feedback yeah. because I know yeah it's just good to get that some yeah. some feedback any feedback right yeah
0: I we, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day because he was making fun of me that everywhere we went I gave positive feedback to somebody uh-huh. if they did a good job and he's like. <laughs> Are you like the nicest person in the world? Like, why do you? I'm like, you know, we often only hear about things when things are going wrong,
1: and it's yeah. just nice. Like, you
0: might be the only person to tell them something positive about what they did that day. Right. Like, they might walk around thinking I did a good job, and that can sustain a lot of people. But for some, yeah, they just like they might not know how good they are or that they did something great, and so just tell them. Right. Yeah, this was great. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm think i glad we conferenced I'm glad we did too I think we did a lot of healing
1: I know I, <laughs> I will,
0: I, 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 I will here yeah, we'll hold hands I, I, know, I feel sympathy well, for parents
1: I, will, I, I feel sympathy for teachers thank you this is great and this is where we
0: are alright
1: okay namaste namaste
0: <laughs> alright well sadly it's about that time to say goodbye hmm. I could do this for so much longer this has been <laughs> so much fun uh, and I feel like we've only scratched the surface so maybe I'll have to have you back to talk a little bit I, more. I
1: would love, thank you for having me, and I would love to come back.
0: Uh, before you go, though. Okay. Uh, and I know we already talked about how teachers <laughs> give way too much homework, and I totally agree, <laughs> I don't give homework. But it's kind of a bit of a sticky thing, because teachers give homework, and so at the end of every episode, I ask my guests mm-hmm. to give a homework assignment yes. to me, mm-hmm. the audience, all the above. Uh, it could be anything, a TV show to watch, some food to try, a country to visit, Uh, so uh, not that anyone would visit a country within a week but maybe they'll put that on their list of things and they'll look into it so what kind of homework assignment would you like to give us this week
1: so for homework um, I would like to assign folks to get their water tested Ah, yeah I see what you did there yeah there you go so um, so the kits that my students and I use and I've been getting a lot of questions about this it's from discovertesting.com I think that's the whole website um, I think we I mean, can always google it I think it's just discover like discover testing um, and yeah and then and I think' say Amazon Walmart or
0: um, how much does the test usually go for?
1: Um, I think for like, I know for a pack of 10, the ones that I got from my students, it was like about 70 bucks, but that's like a pack of 10. Um, how so many
0: if, packs do you need
1: <laughs> right so unless you want to do repeated testing yeah but I unless think you want
0: to uh, test a campus
1: <laughs> right or you know your whole block yeah um so uh, so I think it's individual. a great stocking <laughs> stuffer by the way <laughs> exactly. water yes, testing no this yeah. you know what this should be you know what okay you know it's June right we are about six we're months we're almost so at Christmas so in we're July we're almost at Christmas in July you know you should get the $75 10 pack of you know water testing kits and make them stocking stuffers um but I I think individually <laughs> you can get them for, uh, depending on what um, vendor you go through, like Amazon or whatever, you can get mm-hmm. them anywhere between like 10 to 20 bucks um, for like one kit. And you don't you don't have to mail these in. Um, you can just do them right at home.
0: And so it's pretty self-explanatory. It's, pre- to... it's
1: very self-explanatory. It's strips. You dip it in the water. You get your results. It's pretty cool. I think there's a sense of empowerment, especially for folks who don't necessarily have that science background or just like maybe not I confident. scienced. Yeah, you science today. Yes, you really science today. You looked at pH and you looked at bacteria levels and whatnot. You're yeah, you've science. Perfect. You know? And if there's anything that I if there's any homework that, you know, I would like to encourage people to do, it's you know, to, to science. Science more often. Science more often. Nice. There you go.
0: Uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Anything you want to plug?
1: Um no. Science more often. <laughs> science more uh, science more often and nerd out as much as you want.
0: Wakanda forever.
1: Wakanda forever. All right. <laughs>
0: Okay, that is our show. Thanks again to Elaine Bernal, and thanks again to you all for listening. If you wouldn't mind, please go right to the PodClass homepage on Apple Podcasts and give my show a five-star rating. Listen, you gave that overly chatty Lyft driver five stars. You could do the same for my show. Don't forget that next week's episode is our 30-minute mini-episode. I'll talk a bit about what's new in the world of education, and I'll also answer some listener questions. So, if you have a question that you want me to answer, you can DM me on any one of my social media pages, Remember, you can find me at, at teachmemrwest on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, basically any social media platform that takes up too much of your free time. Or you can email me at podclasspod, that's podclasspod, at gmail.com. That's all for this week. Podclass dismissed.